Hello, everyone. Hello. Good evening. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for the evening. It's a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I'm excited about this series that God has just been moving mightily and just downloading into my spirit fresh wisdom, fresh revelation, and being able to share it with you guys on a weekly basis. I'm honored. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to be used by God to just bring forward bring forth enlightenment, bring forth encouragement, um, that we are in this together, that we are imperfectly perfect people together, that in spite of our flaws, we are perfected through Jesus Christ. So we are in this together and nobody's looking down on anybody because listen, I share some things on this platform that things that I, that God has delivered me from things that I'm still struggling with and, um, giving God gives me tools. And when God gives me tools, I share those tools with you guys as well. So, um, with that being said, let's say a word of prayer. I want to get into um, what we talked about last week. And then I also want to just dive right into tonight's topic for the evening. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, God, for this wonderful day. God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Holy Spirit, have your way. Move, God, however you want to move. God, I ask that you would take away all nervousness, take away, God, all fear, all doubt, God, all anxiety. Father God, that you would just move through me, Father God, talk through me in the name of Jesus. God, that every word that comes out of my mouth be out of your mouth, oh God. Holy Spirit, give me, God, the, the tools to be able to talk that, Father God, clearly, God, and taking my time. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that whatever it is that your people need, whatever it is your children may need, may they receive it from you, Holy Spirit. Penetrate our hearts to receive from you, and may you truly just have your way. May somebody be saved, set free, delivered and redeemed in Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. My viewers on Instagram, on Facebook, and then we also have listeners. We have listeners that listen on our podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more, Spotify and others as well. So thank you so much for tuning in for another live segment of Imperfectly Perfect Live. Tonight, we're going to continue our Love Languages series. We've been on this series for a couple of months now, and God has been doing mightily things. And I just want to do a quick review of what we've been talking about thus far. Um, five Love Languages, a book that Gary Chapman wrote, talking about five love languages. And they are... One moment. Sorry, this I'm using a different computer tonight. And... <laughs> It, I'm not even sure if it's showing it to you guys. There we go. It's, it's a, little, a little delay here. <laughs> so five love languages. And they are one, number one, quality time. Number two, touch. Number three, words of affirmation. Number four, acts of service. And number five, gifts. Number five, gifts. These are love languages that most people love to either receive or give either receive or give. And what God was sharing with me is that revelation concerning love languages is that God has love languages and how, when you read Gary, Gary Chapman's book, or even an excerpt of his book, you notice that um, they give you a test. They, they tell you to take a, a series of questions and based on a series of questions, you will have a certain love language, right? However, with God, now let you know a certain, your top love language, but however, with God, what he's saying is all of the love languages is his is his top. Like he doesn't have 
any particular that you know is his best. No, he uses each and every one of these. And what what's been blowing my mind is that we talked about quality time, we talked about touch, we talked about words of affirmation, we even talked about receiving gifts, but we have yet to talk about acts of service. And over these past two to three weeks, God has been shifting. He shifted from talking about specific love languages and getting back to the basis, getting back to the basics. So we talked about after receiving gifts, we were on the love upgrade. We talked about the love upgrade. And then last week we talked about um, a father's love. We talked about a father's love. That was last week's topic. One second. It's just kind of slow to show here. Um, yeah, we talked about um, God, a father's love. And God is just changing things around because God knows what his children need. And he knows when his children need to understand in which way, which direction um, his word and which way his teaching needs to go. And last week when he talked, when we were talking about a father's love, just talking about how God, how God is the prototype. He is the prototype um, of, of love. Why? Because God is love. God is love. He's the original model of love. And so when it comes to a father's love, truly understanding what a father's love is, you, you have to understand who God is. He's our heavenly father. And we went over what makes God's love special. What makes God's love special? And we said that number one, that um, God's love is the prototype of love. Number two, we said that God's love is perfect. Number three, we said that God's love is unconditional. Number four, we went over that God's love will never change. Could you imagine? Could you imagine a love that's so consistent, that is so pure, that is so holy, that is um, that was never never changing, that you can always depend on it. And then number five, we said that God's love is eternal. God's love is eternal. Meaning that it will always be here, will always be the same, it will always be around, that there is no time limit on God's love. No time limit on God's love. And so also, for those of you that don't know what the, the word love is, the definition that we used last week, because I'm going to go over a different definition for love tonight, but the definition we used last week is that love is, it is unselfish, loyal, and benevolent, characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings concern for the good of another. That's what love is. When you think about love, it is talking about being unselfish, talking about being loyal, when you love someone, your loyalty, your loyalty is tied to them. You're, you're loyal. You back them up. Like, listen, anybody that touched my family, anybody touched my loved ones, they're going to have to answer to me. That's your attitude. Why? Because you take a sense of responsibility. That is another thing we talked about last week with a father's love is that a father takes ownership of those that they are um, responsible for, those that they are in charge of, those that they give, um, that, um, they help bring into this world. They take ownership. So when you have love for somebody, you take ownership of them. And that's where your loyalty lies. And language means communication of meaning in any way. 
medium that is expressive, significant. So communication, it doesn't just have to be verbal. Communication can be intangible and can be nonverbal as well. So understanding what languages mean. And that's why those five love languages we talked about, quality time, touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts is so powerful because with those five things, they show love in, in ways that are verbal and nonverbal. Just so we can get a better understanding of what direction God is going. And so the reason why God told me to do this series is so that we can get an understanding of what God's love languages are. And also, once we can get an understanding of that, that we in return reciprocate that love to God. That we reciprocate that love to God. And that's what, this is why God is taking me this direction. But particularly in these last three weeks, God has been shifting things. And I'm just like, okay, God, why did you have us to talk about, start breaking down these love languages? And now you you went to um, the love upgrade and then you said a father's love. So God is very, he's very intentional. He's very particular about um, what what his plans are and his teachings and how he's been leading me. And I'm just like, Lord, okay, whatever you want to do. God, I'll go. So tonight, tonight, our topic is, our topic, our subtopic tonight is first love. Our subtopic tonight is first love. So we're continuing this series and our subtopic is first love. So what particularly God is leading me to talk about tonight is think about I know there are some people that may have been in love at some point, or maybe you have not yet been in a place where you have been in in love with somebody or even know what being in love means or even have a first love. But just think about if you're saved, the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the feeling that you felt. What is the feeling that you had? What is the emotion? What is the, the, what did you have? Was there joy? Was there peace? Was there freedom? What was that? Was that such a, like you just felt like you were safe. You felt like you were saved, right? So many feelings that we have when we first accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to the point that because we have those, that, that connection, now we have that connection with God, now we have a sense of passion. We're passionate, we're passionate about what? About the things of God. So whatever it is that God is leading us to do, we want to share, you know, about the goodness of Jesus Christ. We want to be a share of the gospel, right? Telling the world about how God delivered us, about how Jesus saved us, about how he died on the cross for our sins. We want to do whatever it is that's needed, whatever it is that God is leading us to do, because now we have a new found love. When you have a first love, it's a new found love. It's fresh. It's, it's exhilarating. It's, it's, it's new. It's nothing like falling in love for the first time and you're just like, wow, you want to be around them. You, you want to serve. You want to give them gifts. You want to you wanna touch them. You, you just want to be in their presence. You want to spend quality time with them. And this is what, and I'm getting to a second, just give you an overview of where God is leading, is that 
God wants us to get back to that place. That place of where we were when we first fell in love with him. When we first said, Lord, I choose you above all things. Because with first, the word first means foremost in position, rank, or importance. When something or someone is first, they are foremost in position, rank, or importance. That means you put them above everything. When you get married, there's a certain order of things that you're going to put your husband or you're going to put your wife before you put others, right? Not before God, of course, but I just, you know, thinking about a natural, a natural um, example. You want to check in with your husband, you want to check in with your wife. Because why they have a certain position in your life. They have a certain rank. They have a certain importance in your life. And that's what God is saying is that when we say that God is our first love, why? Because how we were talking about in the series is that in order to even love, you have to first fall in love with God. You can't possibly say, oh, I'm in love with, with a human being if you don't understand the one who is love. And this is why God shifted and shifted the direction of that we were going with this series because we need to truly understand the fact that God is love. And if we don't understand God, then we're not going to be able to express love to others we're not going to be able to even know how to receive the love or even to know how to even recognize when love is being shown to us so this is why god says he must be first the word of god says in matthew 6 it says seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you it's a reason why god says seek him first because when we seek him first, we were putting him at the forefront of our mind. We're saying, God, I put my agenda aside and Lord, I put your agenda first before mine's. Why? Because you're my creator. Why? Because God, you're my Lord. You're my savior. You're my healer. You're my protector. You're my help. You're my strong tower. You are my strength. Lord, without you, I am nothing. When we have an understanding that with God, we can do nothing. Without God, we can do nothing. Then we would understand why God must be first. Why God must be in that position, that rank, and that importance. First love. And in this context, love. Love is an intense feeling of deep affection. Going back to that passion and word, because something is intense with feeling of deep, deep affection, that basically is saying that they are passionate. That I have a such a passion for God. Such a deep affection, such, such a deep connection with God that I choose to put him first. That I choose to make him the most important thing, the most important thing in my life. But the thing that God wants me to point out tonight is that somewhere down the road, 
we have lost our way. We've lost our way and we went from being passionate about God. But <laughs> just even thinking about this year alone of how we've had to face the coronavirus, of how we had to face adversity, of how we had to watch loved ones pass left and right, of how we had to, some people have even experienced the sickness. Some people experience hardship being laid off. Mental disorder is going at a, at a rampant high, rapid high, and just thinking about how that has turned to be at the forefront of our mind instead of putting God first, instead of putting our trust in God, instead of having our faith be in the one who created us, the one who is supposed to be our first love. We put our attention on things. We put our attention on man. We put our attention on our lack of finances. We put our attention on our fear, fear of death, fear of losing out, fear of the unknown. But God is saying tonight, it's time to get back to our first love. Hey, Ashida. He's saying it's time to get back to our first love. Hi, Meek. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's time to get back to our first love. And just even thinking about where we are at currently, I know here in Philadelphia, I know people are in different areas, but thinking about where we are currently is that just last yesterday, the mandate has been lifted. COVID-19 regulations, the mandate has been lifted. That means that there are no restrictions on the amount of people that can go in, in all venues. There are no restrictions on distances. The only thing right now, at least in Pennsylvania, thank God, is that they still require you to wear masks around until, you know, a certain percentage, you know, of, um, what is it, vaccines. So we meet the 70% mark. But that's about to happen soon. So to just think about a year ago, I'm just thinking about and even looking at Facebook memories and seeing how just last year, a memory came up on my on my Facebook and I was watching some of these powerful men and women of God that protested when all when all the murdering was happening and Black Lives Matter, you know, came to an ultimate high and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and just so many others were losing their lives due to police brutality and the lack of respect, all because of the color of our skin. And now just think about how last year I remember the looting that was taking place right up in Upper Darby, not too far from where I live currently. And being in my apartment and just thinking like, God, this can't possibly be happening. Just thinking about how people are reacting and then just thinking about you go out and you just never know what to expect. You just have a sense of, Lord, if I go out in this world, would I be killed? 
Would they look at me the same way that they did Brianna Taylor? Would they look at me the same way? Would I be safe? And so it's very easy. I'm taking my time because God really wants to, wants me to get the point to you guys tonight. It's very easy for us to, when circumstances rise, when we're faced with trials and tribulations, that we, if we don't, if we are not intentional in our faith walk, if we're not intentional in our prayer life, that we can lose our way. Because naturally, as human beings, because I'm not even going to lie to you. When all of this was happening last year, I had to ask God to help me find a balance. Because as a black woman, I naturally was just like, God, I cannot believe this is happening. I wanted to go out in the streets and I wanted to cause an uproar. And I wanted to say, I can't believe we're doing this and go crazy and, and, and do whatever is necessary. But I had to go to God first because when you go to God first, God will refocus your mind. And even if in moments where we may not understand what's happening, because what we have to understand that what happened is have been happening in these last days, this is not a natural battle, y'all. This is a spiritual warfare. This is a spiritual warfare. Therefore, when things begin to happen in the natural, we have to recognize what's happening in the supernatural. And we have to go to God in prayer and say, Lord, give me the understanding. God, increase my discernment to be able to foresee what is being taken place. So that I know how to attack the situation. So I know how to pray. So that I know how what position I need to take. How I need to, because yes, people, you know, last year, my church, the River Church, we were doing um, Global United Prayer. We were praying 24 hours on, on the clock for three weeks straight. And then even after that, we were still praying, but then we just started, God began to shift things. But people were like, oh, it takes more than prayer. Okay, yes, it does take more than prayer. But don't take the light off of prayer because prayer changes things. Prayer shifts the atmosphere. Why? Because prayer is our communication with God. If we don't pray, God won't hear our cries. If we don't pray, we won't be able to hear from God. We have to take the time out to hear what, what, where God is leading us to do. And in the event of that, you know, they had that particular group did another protest. And I was like, okay, but this time they said a prayer walk. A prayer walk. And I was like, wow, this is different. Because doing a prayer walk is saying, okay, yes, we're protesting. But while we're protesting, we're doing this thing peacefully. And we're coming together in prayer. My God, I'm telling you, I have never experienced something like that before in my life. We walked down the streets of Broad Street and we were together praying. 
speaking in tongues, declaring, decreeing freedom, declaring, decreeing, uh, decreeing that God shift the atmosphere, that God changes things. We were coming together, what? United. Because what the enemy doesn't like is for us to be united. He doesn't like it for us to draw together. He likes to cause division. He likes us for us to have hatred towards our brother and our sisters. But when we come together, my God, there's no telling what God will do. Because the word of God says, when two or three are gathered together in my name, therefore I shall be in the midst. That's why it's important for us to gather together. That's why it's important for us to know. See, I'm going back there. God is shifting me back there. Know who God is as love because God is love. That says that in 1 John, yeah, 1 John 4 verse 8. Know who God is as love. And when we recognize him, we would know how to show love. And this is why there is so much division. This is so, this is why, yes, um, Ashi, this is why there's so much confusion and so much happening in the world. So much. Why? Because there is a lack of love. There's a lack of love. Because when we have sympathy and empathy for others, all of this killing, all of this murdering, all of this hatred would not be happening. The word of God also says love covers a multitude of sins. It covers a multitude of sins. When we truly tap into who God is, it would change our perspective. It would change the way we react. It would change the way we, how we handle things. It would change just who we are, period. And this is what God is saying because now that now that the doors are back opening, churches are back opening full. I know my church, we're opening back in full capacity this Sunday. Now that, and I wouldn't say that life is getting back to normal. Now that life is, is getting to a place of somewhat of normalcy, but it's the new normal because Life will never be the same as it was before. And it's not meant to be. There was some, there was some growth that should have taken place in each and every one of us throughout um throughout the um what I'm trying to say, throughout the pandemic. There was some type of growth that was supposed to take place. God allowed, He didn't cause it, but He allowed this pandemic, the pandemic to take place, to shine light on our heart, for us to see, to get a light on those things, those things that he needed to check on us. God allowed it to happen so we can get a heart check to see what's in our heart. Is it hatred in your heart? Is it pride in your heart? Is it unforgiveness in your heart? Is a self is a selfishness in your heart? Is it greed in your heart? I'm telling you, this pandemic has shined a light 
on so many of those things is is um lying in your heart so many people you know lied on their taxes so many and i'm listen i'm not coming at nobody i'm just speaking from the holy the holy spirit is moving through me because there were some things in my heart that god was shining on, on me procrastination having pride or fear anxiety Yes, Ashida, that I had to leave people alone. I just, listen, I get that. Starting to see people's true colors. We lost our way. A lot of us lost our way. But the wonderful thing is about God is that he has unconditional love. Unconditional love to the point where if we are, we still have breath. In our body, if we are still able to inhale and exhale, then we still have time to get right. That's what love is. Because even when we mess up, even when we don't listen the first time, even when we didn't learn the lesson in the last test, because of God's unconditional love, he gives us another chance to get it right. He gives us another chance to get it right. And so what God is, I'm just going to put this topic down here so we know exactly what the topic is as I'm talking. And so what God is wanting me to talk about is how how did we even get how did we even get to the point of falling out of love or getting out of stop being as passionate as we were when we first accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? How did we get to that point? What happened? How do we how could we allow ourselves to get there? <laughs> That's funny. Um, so let's talk about it, y'all. What we need to be aware of in these last days. What do we need to be aware of in these last days? And as I was studying, God led me to, as Apostle Jimmy Ayelis says, the golden text. He led me to Revelations 2. And I don't know about you, but when I was out in the world, I... No, okay, I'll be honest. Even when I was in the world, I always had a um, just a, a love for Revelations, just infatuation for Revelations because it's just like, wow, it's so much knowledge. It's so much that... Um, that you that needs to be unlocked as far as wisdom is concerned and as far as what's happening where we are currently because we are in the last days but i can understand why people stay away from revelations because it can be scary if you don't truly understand what's happening it's like whoa wait a minute like i that's too much for me to understand but 
God led me to Revelations 2. And as I was reading it, because I was I was truly looking for a passage of scripture that talked about when we shift away, you know, from from our first love, which should be God, right? And as I was looking, I began to read Revelations 2, verse verse 5, verse 4 and 5. But then I went back and started reading the whole chapter. And I was like, wow, God. Wow. This, this is something heavy. So what we need to be aware of in these last days is four things that God gave me with this particular um, chapter in Revelations. Number one is that we need to be aware of focusing on others' wrongs, but clueless of our own. We need to be aware of focusing on other people's faults and other people's shortcomings, and then we're clueless of our own. That's where that judgmental mentality comes from. And that can very much happen in, in it is happening in these last days. So let's go to Revelations chapter two, verse one through seven in the message Bible. And it reads, the title says to Ephesus, write this to Ephesus to the angel of the church, the one with seven stars in his right fist grip striding through the golden seven light circle speaks. I see what you've done, your hard, hard work, your refusal to quit. I know you can't stomach evil that you weed out apostolistic um, pretenders. I know your persistence, your courage in my cause that you never wear out. But you walked away from your first love. Why? What's going on with you? Anyway, what's going on with you anyway? Do you have any idea how far far you've fallen? A Lucifer fall. Turn back. Recover your dear early love. No time to waste. For I'm well on my way to removing your light from the golden circle. You do have this to your credit. You hate the Nicolotian business. I hate it too. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. I'm about to call each conqueror to dinner. I'm spreading a banquet of true tree of life fruit, a supper plucked from God's orchid, orchard, orchard, excuse me. So let's go back to verse two and three. Because it's talking about, it says focusing on others' wrongs, but clueless of our own. How many people are guilty of this? Sis, let me let me know. I listen, inbox me and I I'll uh definitely uh get you one. I'll definitely get you one. Just in, inbox me your um your uh cash app information or just your information so I can send it to you. But my god. <laughs> We have been focusing on everybody else's faults, everybody else's wrongdoings. 
But had we taken an account of our own, of what God has been saying to us, right? Again, going back to the pandemic, that was a time for us to do some self-reflection. God, is there anything in my heart that should not belong? Is there anything inside of me that does not belong? Anything inside of me that is not pleasing to your sight? Is there anything taking me away from doing your will that's causing me to get out of alignment with you? And God, if that if that is so, shine a light. You know that song, shine a light on it? Shine a light on my wrongdoing. Shine a light on me. It's no need for us to be focusing on everybody else when we have our own cross to bear, when we have our own imperfections. What is it that God has been trying to tell you that we have not been listening to? Yes, yes, me. Show me me. Show me me. What good is it for me to be pointing fingers at everybody else when I have my own things that I need to allow God to work on in my heart? For God to perfect me, for God to um, to mold and shape me and transform my life. Show me me. And that's what God is saying in this passage of scripture is that in these last days, we have to be careful. We have to be careful of focusing on others' faults. And not doing reflection and not allowing God to show us ourselves. Because then we can get into a place of being judgmental and getting our focus off and focus and focusing on the wrong things. Number two. <clears throat> Number two is pretenders. We need to be aware of pretenders in these last days. These are people who claim to be saved, but are wolves in sheep clothing. They come to you and they say, oh, I love you. And they, they claim to, to be truly, you know, truly like sold out for Christ. And they're not. They were sent by the enemy to deceive you because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And the enemy is very tricky. So you have to watch your connections. You have to watch who you eat with. You have to watch who you go to, you know, hang out with. And this is where discernment comes into play because discernment comes because there's general discernment that comes is when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Discernment is basically knowing right from wrong. Knowing right from wrong. And how do we know that? Why? Because when we have a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit who was left here to be our help. Once Jesus is, was um, called up and then we sit on the right hand of the Father, he left us with the Holy Spirit who is our help. He is our advocate. He's the one that's talking in our ear. That's still small voice. Not an it. Oh, it said or I had a feeling this and I had listen. That's the Holy Spirit. He's our advocate. 
He's either, he's the one that's directing us, letting us know. Ah, don't go the direction when we're driving. And maybe you might say have a a regular route to go down to go to work. And you hear still small voice say, "Make a left instead of going straight." And you don't understand why, but you do it anyway. And then you look on the the ten o'clock news. You see that there was a serious accident that happened on that block that you turned left off of. That's the Holy Spirit guiding you. Listen. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but listen to God's voice. And that comes with communication. That comes with a lifestyle of prayer. Is when you truly have a consistent lifestyle of prayer. You begin to understand when God is speaking, be able to decipher if it's yourself, because there's three sources, God, yourself, and the enemy, and his minions. You'll be able to understand that. That's why we have to be in constant communication with the Father. So do we know who's real and who's fake? Who's real and who's not? I know that's a song, but we ain't going to go there. <laughs> who's real and who's not? So that we are not deceived in these last days. Revelations 2, verse 8 through 11. In Message Bible, it's the title says, To Smyrna. Write this to Smyrna. To the angel of the church, the beginning and ending, the first and final one. The once dead and then come alive speak. I can see your pain and poverty, constant pain, dire poverty, but I also see your wealth. And I hear the lie and the claims of those who pretend to be good Jews, who in fact belong to Satan's crowd. And we're going to read the other later, but in verse 9 again it says, And I hear the lie and the claims of those who pretend to be good Jews, who in fact belong to Satan's crowd. God foresees these things. God knows everything. Let's talk about that. But he's saying you are unaware. We are unaware. Verse 10, it says, fear nothing in the things you're about to suffer, but stay on guard. Fear nothing. The devil is about to throw you in jail for a time of testing 10 days. It won't last forever. Don't quit. Even if it costs you your life, stay there believing. I have a life crown size and ready for you. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. Christ conquerors are safe from double death. Be aware of pretenders. Those that are trying to deceive you. Because when we are connected to the wrong people, we will find ourselves doing things and being participating in in um, behaviors that God has already delivered us from. And you're wondering why, why you're having certain thoughts. You're wondering why you're having certain dreams. You're wondering why you're having these urges again. Watch the company that you keep. Conversations that's being had. You have to know your temperament. You have to know your temperament. You have to know what what uh where to draw the line. Because even when God has delivered you from some things, that doesn't mean 
that that's not no longer your weakness. It just means that through, oh, because the word of God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness, meaning that God's strength, Jesus' strength is made perfect in our weakness. So when we depend on God's strength, he'll make us strong. In areas where we're weak, he'll make us strong. But if we don't depend on God, we will find ourselves falling right back into that same old trap. That's why we can't get too happy and think that, oh, you know, I've been free from this or, you know, thinking that. And listen, this is where discernment just comes into play is that, you know, God may deliver you some things. And after a while, God may lead you back to that area or lead you to that um, that, that same crowd so that you can draw them to Christ. But you got to understand what season that you're in. And just because you think you're ready does not mean you are. So we have to be careful of where we put the position and predicaments we put ourselves in. Make sure that you're surrounded around the people that you have a mentor in your life. Mentors are so important. Those that can lead you in the right direction. Those you that listen, I'm struggling in this area. Those ones that they would give you um, sound, God, godly counsel that will help you. You need to have a shepherd, a pastor that's over you, that's that's um, pouring into you weekly, daily. Listen, have a good accountability have good accountability partners that those ones that listen you can text them and whatever cold words you have i know i had that with my girlfriends when i was you no know, it's a different season for me now but when i was like listen y'all like i'm if i text you this like i need you to call me i i need you in that moment so that i don't go back to where i was so that i don't pick up that glass and drink so that i don't pick up the call when that ex calls me You got to know your temperament. And listen, even there have been so many people that's in the word of God. David, mighty man of God. But so listen, he, he had it out like he loved beautiful women. And he, listen, sex was, and not even just sex, but adultery was his, one of his shortcomings. And that's because he didn't make sure that he had the right people. And also, too, you have to not be afraid to tell on yourself. You got to be not afraid to tell on yourself. Because you try to keep that stuff inside. You try to act like you good. You try to act like, you know, oh, no, I'm good. You know, God delivered me and I'm straight. And no, I don't need no help. What's going to happen when, when that ex call you and they saying all the right things and you might be feeling horny in that moment. Let's just be real and honest. Let's just be keeping a hundred for real. If you, you have the choice in that moment to either text you, to call your mentor, to call, you know, your pastor, if you had that type of connection to call that accountability partners you have in your life. 
or call that expat. And this is just an example. Not saying this is your example, but just putting it out there. And that's where you have to depend on God's strength. And this is where God, in that moment, because when we pray, God says he will give us a way of escape. He will give us a way of escape. But if we got, if we're not aware of these pretenders, we're not aware of these, these so-called people that we have in our lives, they will deceive us and we'll be right back with the old, same old behavior. Why? Because we are called to be light. We're called to be fishers of men. We are called to be the ones that lead. But even the ones that are called to lead need to be held accountable as well. We gotta be, we gotta be truthful about our, where we are in our walk. And if we need help, we got to say, I need help. I need prayer. 911, like, I, this is an emergency. Because we're not careful. We're going to end up falling out of love with God. And finding ourselves having a spirit of pride. Because now that we have feel like we disappointed God, now... We don't want to be in church now. We don't want to be connected to um, to the ones that, that pray, our prayer partners, our accountability partners, because we feel ashamed. And just, oh, Jesus, have your way, Holy Spirit. Just like Adam and Eve, when they were disobedient to God, when they ate from that tree that God told them not to eat from, it opened their eyes. It opened their eyes to see, oh, wow, they felt shame. Something as, as simple as, as them being naked. Now, yes, sis, they hid. They felt ashamed. Their eyes were open. And then and running away from God and, and don't, don't want, oh, my gosh, God knows. God, listen, God knew anyway. God is omnipresent. He's omniscient. He knows all things and he's everywhere. So there was no need for us to try to hide. You might as well be truthful. Expose. Listen, the best thing you can do is expose the enemy. Expose the enemy for who he is. Expose him. He doesn't like exposure. This is why he was creeping in, trying to get into Eve's ear. No, not trying because he did get into Eve's ear. And then she then she persuaded her husband, um, Adam. Anytime the enemy comes in with temptation, you got to come back with the word of God. This is why even Jesus, when he tempted Jesus in the garden, me, he said, tempted him with food. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. You got to clap back. You got to clap back just like Jesus did. Know the word. This is why the word of God says study to show, study the word of God to show thyself approved. We can't just be sitting around just allowing the enemy just to attack us. We got to use our word. 
We got to use the word of God as our weapon in spiritual warfare. He's not playing fair. And why should he? He has one purpose, and that's to destroy. Well, yeah, yeah, to basically get us to kill, steal, and destroy us. And he'll do that by any means necessary. So we got to stand in authority and we got to fight. We got to fight spiritually with prayer, intercession, worship, praise, knowing the word of God, having it branded on our heart. My God, who Jesus, have your way, Holy Spirit. Next point. Number three, what we need to be aware of the, in these last days is giving in, giving into temptation. Giving into temptation. Or in other words, indulging in the pleasures of our flesh. That's how we just mentioned. Because to be honest, sin is sin feels good. Sin feels great, actually, at least in that moment. It feels good. And if it didn't feel good, then we wouldn't be tempted to do it. Then we wouldn't want, have a desire to do it. But we have to choose to do what's right. We have to choose. This is why God made us the way he did. Because it's such a, God loves it. That even when we're faced with adversity, even when we're faced with a sense, sinful pleasures, they say, you know what, God, I'm going to flee from this thing. I don't want no, nothing to do with it. I don't want nothing to do with this conversation. I don't want nothing to do with this behavior, this crowd. I don't want nothing to do with this gossip. And Lord, when you say that to God, he'll give you a way of escape. He give you a way of escape. So let's read Revelations 2, verse 12 through 17. The title says to Pergamum. Verse 12 says, write this to Pergamum, to the angel of the church. The one with the sharp biting sword draws from the sheath of his mouth. Out come the sword words. Sword, so yeah, sword words. I see where you live, right under the shadow of Satan's throne. But you continue, continue boldly in my name. You never once denied my name, even when the pressure was worse, when they martyred Antipas, my witness who stayed faithful to me on Satan's turf. But why do you indulge that um, Balaam crowd? Don't you remember that Balaam was an enemy agent seducing Balak and sabotaging Israel's holy pilgrimage by throwing unholy parties? And why do you put up with the Nicolaitans who do the same thing? Enough. Don't give in to them. I'll be with you soon. I'm fed up and about to cut them to pieces with my sword. Sharp words. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. I'll give you the sacred manna to every conqueror. I'll also give a clear, smooth stone inscribed with your new name, your secret name. My God said, be aware, be aware of this crowd. 
It's so easy. I mean, just think about it. It's so, it's everywhere. Thinking about looking on TV and they got sex here and sex there. And, and it's like, my God, it's even on, I remember growing up and watching certain shows, like in certain times of day, they wouldn't have, you know, have, you know, certain content on TV. It had to be a certain time, like after 11. And it's like, all right, your parents make sure you're in bed, right? Or just like, it's just certain, and it's just like now it's on billboards and it is in the schools. And it's, listen, YouTube is available for you 24 hours a day. So even if it's not on regular TV, you got available to you, whatever. You got Netflix, you got Hulu, you got all of these Disney Plus. I mean, you got all of these things available to you at your fingertips. And to be honest, Pornhub, if we want to keep it 100, it's available. We got to be conscious. One wrong move, one wrong click. You ever just, oh, Jesus. You ever just be scrolling on Facebook or Instagram? And really, particularly Instagram. And just be scrolling, scrolling, scrolling on your phone, right? And you might click on the, oh, that's nice. And you know, like, oh, well, who is that person? And you know how they had to add whoever the person's name is. And you click on that person's name. Like, oh, okay. Then you're looking on their pictures, right? And then you just find yourself in a deep hole. And the next thing you know, you on somebody's page that you don't even know. And they got pictures. They got videos of things that is very enticing to your flesh. And you were not even conscious of how you even got there. Not even conscious of how you got there. Just previously just scrolling. And now you're in a place where your salvation is being compromised because we're not aware it says, beware, 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 beware. The enemy comes like a roaring lion. Beware. We cannot just sit around and just act like it's not around. And act like we're like it's not around us. We have to beware. Yes, it's a whole setup. We got to beware. The enemy doesn't play fair. He does not play fair. And this is why a lot of times God will have us to fast and to consecrate so that we can stay off of social media, so we can stay, stop watching certain television shows, stop watching, listening to certain music, don't go certain places so that we can get our focus and be refocused. Not saying we do all the time. There is violence. So that we can refocus in, in moments because, listen, to be honest, there are seasons where your flesh is at a, listen, at an all-time high. Where it seems like it's so sensitive that it seems like everything is just like heightened in, in your senses and your mind. And just like, oh my gosh, like, Lord, give me the strength to not give in. Give me the strength to not give in. 
And this is when you recognize that you are in that type of season, that is God letting you know that you need to go deeper, that you need to level up your prayer life. You need to level up reading the word of God. Listen, people may call you deep. Listen, let them call you deep. Call me deep. I don't care. But what I'm not going to do is go back to who I was. Just because, and this is the thing you have to recognize, just because, you know, your friends might not be in that season or your friends might not have the same level of temptation or affect, it might not affect them the way it affects you, does not mean that you should feel some type of way or feel bad about it. Listen, and if they respect you, then they will understand, no, I can't go there. No, I can't participate in that behavior or that activity, even if it's innocent. If it's going to affect you, no. They can laugh at you. They can judge you, whatever. I don't care. We should not care. See y'all on the flip side. I got my own self to make sure that I do not go back to where God delivered me from. That I do not fall out of love of God. That I do not lose my passion for the things of God. We got to be aware of those things. The last one, number four, beware of the spirit of Jezebel. Beware of the spirit of Jezebel, false philosophies and teachings. And she is so crafty. That spirit is so crafty. Very, and that spirit is very manipulative, very, very crafty in their wordings. And they'll take the word of God and try to um, fit it into their teachings to try to, you know, they take, and this is how the enemy does. The enemy knows the word of God, y'all. He knows it. Front and back. He knows the word of God. But he, this is why we have to study to sh- study the word of God to show ourselves approved. Because if we don't, we can be deceived. I was in an Uber ride, I want to say two weeks ago, going to church. As a matter of fact, I think I was going to dance practice. And a particular Uber driver that I had. He was, uh, I believe, a Rasta. Rasta, yes. And in this instant, it was, this was God to just, you know, open my eyes to, and just hearing people like conversation because I'm, I was already aware. My sister was already up. And as you just begin to, I said, are you saved? And he said, he said, I believe, I believe in Jesus But he was saying that he believes that we all, that all people are basically on the same level, that there's no one. He's basically saying there's no one God, that there's no one that's above. When we say first love, that means that God's position is higher than everyone, right? He's saying, no, that we all, that we all are on the same level. That we all, we we all have a certain energy that we all are. So I, I, I didn't say this to him because I was just, okay, God, you have to recognize when it's, when it's meant for you to say certain things or 
when it's meant for you to to be still in that moment. And I said this praying and interceding, and I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm just like, wow. Just listening to how crafty the enemy is. This man truly believes that we're all on the same level. And I'm like, the devil is a lie. There's only one true and living God. One. One. And I'm like, if we're not aware, and he was very, very nice man. Very nice man. We had a, a nice conversation, but you know, besides that, cool, very respectful. But I was like, wow. And to somebody else, they're like, oh, they're nice. And they would begin to listen to them because of how nice they are and because they're respectful and all of that. And then they're like, oh, and they would just feed into it, right? I'm like, uh-uh. That doesn't agree with my spirit <laughs> at all, at all. So we got to be aware, aware of this. In Revelations 2, verse 18 through 29, it says, write this to Thyatira, to the angel of the church, God's son, eyes pouring fire blaze, standing on feet of furnace-fired bronze, says this, I see everything you're doing for me. Impressive. The love and the faith, the service and persistence. Yes, very impressive. You get better at it every day. But why do you let that Jezebel who calls herself a prophet mislead my dear servants into cross-denying, self-indulging religion? I gave her a chance to change her ways, but she has no intention of giving up a career in the God business. I'm about to lay her low along with her partners as they play their sex and religion games, the bastard offspring of their idol whoring I'll kill then every church will know that appearances don't impress me. I x-ray every motive and make sure you get what's coming to you. My God, I'm going to pause right there. God was like, listen, we got to beware to the point that when God is revealing things to us, that we look at things with our spiritual lenses and not our natural eyes. Because God, oh, the enemy is so crafty and very manipulative. Very manipulative. My God. So these points again, and I'm going to get into another subtopic before we close. But these points again, what we need, what we need to be aware of in these last days. Number one, again, was focus. We have to be aware of focusing on others' wrongs, but clueless of our own. Number two, we need to be aware of pretenders, those who claim to be saved, but are wolves in sheep clothing. Number three, we need to be aware of giving into temptation, basically indulging in the pleasures of our flesh. And number four, we need to be aware of the spirit of Jezebel, false philosophies and teachings. My God. And these are easy to fall in the trap of if we are not having a, a certain level of relationship with God. And this is where God wants me to close is, what must we do to come back to our first love? 
Who is God? Who should be God in your life? What must we do to come back? God loves us so much that he has given us the open door to be aware of what has happened so that we can know how to get back in the, on, the right, on the right track. Number one, we must repent. Now that we are aware that, wow, I, I, I really allowed myself to get off track, allowed myself to, to lose who I am in Christ, allowed myself to lose the passion that I have and the love that I have for God. I have to repent. Repent, it means it's turning away, turning away from things that turn away from a sinful behavior and not going back, changing your mindset, changing your behavior, changing, you know, who you, uh, and saying, Lord, forgive me, being truly sorry, truly remorseful of your wrongdoings. Revelations 2, verse 4 through 5, and then going down to 16. And this time I'm going to read in the Amplified Version. Um, verse 4 through 5, it says, <clears throat> But I have this charge against you that you have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you have, that you first had for me. So remember the heights from which you have fallen and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will and do the works you did at first when you first knew me. Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand. The church is impact from its place unless you repent. Verse 16 says, Therefore, repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will or else I am coming to you quickly and I will make war and fight against them with the sword of my mouth in judgment. So God is saying, we must repent. He's given us the door, opening it wide for us to repent. They say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me for allowing myself to be deceived, allowing myself to, to lose my focus. To repent, change, allow our mindset to be changed, allow God to renew our mind, to stop thinking the way we have used to, and to get God's agenda on our in our in the fourth um, forefront of our minds. Number two, what we must do to come back to our first love. <clears throat> We must listen and take heed to what God is saying when he speaks. Listen and take heed to what God is saying when he speaks. And God is saying this in four particular verses in Revelations 2, verse 7, verse 11, verse 17, and verse 29. Let's go there. Verse 7 says, he who has an ear, 
Let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God. I will grant the privilege to eat the fruit from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Verse 11 says, he who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God will not be hurt by the second death, the lake of fire. Verse 17 says, he who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God. To him I will give the privilege of eating some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a whole a white stone, excuse me, with a new name engraved on the stone, which no one knows except the one who receives it. Verse 29. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. God is calling us. He's speaking, but are we listening? God is speaking, but are we listening? Because the thing is about prayer is that when we pray, yes, pray. But even when we pray, we must take moments with where we're sitting still. And we're sitting still to listen for God's voice, to listen to see what God is saying concerning what we just petitioned before him or what we just laid at his feet, what his direction is for our life. We need to take heed to what God is saying. Listen, the fact that it's so important, he said it four times in this chapter alone. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says. Number three, don't fear the enemy. Have faith in God. Don't fear the enemy. Have faith in God. Have faith in him, my Lord. Aw. I'm glad, I'm glad it's, it's, it's really hitting home for you, um, Ashida. I'm glad it's hitting home for you, my God. So don't fear the enemy, have faith in God. Revelations 2, verse 10. And I'm reading for the Amplified Version. Revelations 2 verse 10 in the Amplified Version. And it says, Fear nothing that you are about to suffer. Be aware that the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested in your faith. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Be faithful to the point of death. If you must die for your faith, and I will give you the crown consisting of life. This is what God wants. God wants for us. He wants for us to not fear the enemy. That even if the enemy was to come to us and God forbid, we were faced with police brutality. He wants us to not operate in fear. Yes, use wisdom. But to not operate in fear. To allow the Holy Spirit to take control. 
and say, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, because that could very well be an opportunity for you to um, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Why? Because the reason, like going back to what we said earlier, the reason why there's so much murdering, so, so much murder, so much hatred, so much, you know, disconnection, division in the world, because there's a lack of love. There is a lack of love, a lack of understanding of love. There's no love. And when we truly understand, we people of God, when we understand what love is and we begin to spread that love to others, it becomes infectious. And they begin to say, wow, what's so different about you that we are going through the same thing and yet you're not affected by it. Yet you're not pulling your head out of hair out of your head. Yet you're not running amok in the streets like everybody else. Because you know who God is because you know what love is. The true definition of love because God is love. You understand that if it wasn't for God, where would I be? That there's no love like God's. His unconditional love is the reason why I have life. There's a reason why I have my right mind. I have peace of mind. That I have joy in my heart in the midst of the storm. Having that understanding. My God. This is why we can't fear the enemy. The enemy's enemy is a foot, footstool under our feet. We have authority to tread against um, scorpions. We have authority in our mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Speak life and not death. Use what God has given you. Use what God has given you. No need for us to have fear. We can't have faith and fear at the same time. It's either one or the other. It's either we believe and trust in God or we don't. Don't fear the enemy. Number four, flee from temptation. Flee from temptation. We were talking about that throughout this podcast. Flee from temptation. Utilize, utilize those accountability partners. Utilize your mentor. Utilize your pastors. Utilize the friends that you have in your life, the godly friends that you have in your life. Utilize. Flee from temptation. Why again? Because when we ask God, Lord, I don't want to give in to this. Lord, I've had enough of this. God, give me a way out and he will give you a way of escape. Revelations 2, 16 in the Message Bible. <clears throat> 2, verse 16 in the Message Bible, it says, enough. Don't give in to them. It says, I'll be with you soon. 
I'm fed up and about to cut them to pieces with my sword sharp words. God is saying enough. He said, don't give in to them. God is saying, oh, he said, I'm coming back. Jesus is like, I'm coming back for my bride. I just need you to hold on a little, little while longer. I just need you to stand. I need you to depend on me. If you depend on me, I'll give you a way of escape. Say enough. Second Timothy. Second Timothy 2, verse 22. In the NIV version. God says, enough is enough. Verse 22 says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. When we flee from evil desires, we strive for righteousness. We strive for faith. We strive for love. We strive for peace. We strive for God to give us a pure heart. This is why it's important to have God as your first love. Put him first. Have him in that first position in a level of importance. So important. Number five, don't quit. Whatever you do, don't quit. That's what the enemy wants us to do. That when we are faced with adversity, we are faced when everything seems like it's getting us down, when everything, listen, last year, it was a lot. Let's just be truthful and honest. Last year was a lot. Mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, all within a year. Last year was not for the faint at heart. It was a lot. And I'm telling you, I don't know how in the world people have got past or even, or they probably didn't, how they make made it out without losing their mind. Because I needed Jesus. I needed Jesus. Not knowing how things were going to happen financially, mentally, watching brutality happen and watching this happen to my black brothers and sisters and watching it just like nonstop and, and being um, stuck in the house, you know, and, and for at least two to three months. And it was a lot. But because we depend on God's strength. But because we depend on God and say, Lord, I need you to help me. God gave us the strength not to quit. God will give you the strength not to quit. If you hold on, stand firm, steadfast, be unmovable. Don't allow nothing to shake you. Don't allow the enemy to knock you down. Don't allow him to knock you down. Don't quit. Revelations 2.10, going back to the golden text, Revelations 2.10, in the Message Bible, <clears throat> it says, um, I'm going to read, I believe this is, well, I'll, go, I'll just read the whole thing. It says, fear nothing in the things you're about to suffer, but stay on guard. Fear nothing. The devil is about to throw you in jail for a time of testing 10 days. It won't last forever. Then this part says, don't quit 
Even if it costs you your life, stay there believing. I, this is the part that got me. I have a life crown size and ready for you. God says, if you don't quit, he says he has a life crown size. He has a crown waiting for you. Where? In heaven. He has a life crown saying that he has an eternal crown waiting for you in heaven. If you stand the test of time, if you hold on, if you don't give up, if you don't throw in a towel, God says he has a crown waiting for you. Because even when, when you are faced, and it seems like you were going to be, the enemy was going to kill you. You still didn't quit. You still didn't quit. Listen, Job, he was faced with adversity. I mean, he lost his family. He lost his crop. He lost his money. He was faced and he had leprosy. But he still didn't quit. And that's the mentality we have to have. That's the mentality we have to have. We got to have that, get that fire back. When you have a first love, when you have a first love in God, when you're in love with God, it's that fire that's in you. They can only come because you're passionate, because the, the, because the Holy Spirit will ignite the fire in you to do what is necessary. Whatever is necessary to ensure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is being um, shared uh, wherever you go, that you're being available to heal the sick, that you're being available to um, to bring forth the good news, being available to feed the hungry, to make sure the homeless have shelter, clothing, that you are available to be used by God. Don't quit. There's too much work that needs to be done for you to give up now. Don't quit. Lastly, number six, be intentional and consistent in prayer. Be intentional and consistent in prayer. Worship and reading God's word. First Thessalonians 5 verse 16 through 17. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. It says, rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. And in verse 18, excuse me, it says, in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. My God. Delight in your faith. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Pray in every situation. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how tough it is. Pray in every situation. Every situation, y'all. Ephesians 6.18. In the Amplified Version, it says, With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion, and in, in, in every season, in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. Perseverance. Perseverance. Perseverance means that you're not giving up. 
that even when your back is against the wall, you're not going to give up. You're persevering. Don't throw in a towel. Too much. Too much needs to be done. Last scripture. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. In the Amplified Version. It says, yes, it's the Eva. Say, I'm not giving up. I know that's right. Don't give up. Do not give up. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, it says, <clears throat> Study and do your best to present yourself to God approved. A workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. My God, know the word of God for yourself. When we know the word, you know the word of God is your spiritual weapon. It's a part of your arsenal. Having those scriptures, writing the scriptures down, taking post-it notes, putting them on your wall so you can begin to study it and get into your spirit. Get it into your spirit. So there are moments where you might not even have your phone right next to you, but when the enemy is trying you, maybe at work or you know, on, uh, on the way, like when you went driving or wherever you are, that you have that word branded in your heart. So when he try to come from you, say no weapon that forms against me shall prosper, that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, that I am the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Speak the word of God. Use it. It will be so helpful for you. Find some, and this goes, if Ashida, if you're still on here, I know you don't have a physical Bible, but you're about to get one anyway. But even on the Bible and on the phones, they have a Bible app. It's free. Download the Bible app. Download the Bible app. I believe it's a version. U version Bible app, and it has all all the versions of the Bible on there, all the versions of the Bible. So y'all, it's it's with these phones. It's no excuse why we don't have you know it available to us, and some of us probably just don't even know where to find it, right? But it's available to you. It's available. Oh, yeah, I got you, sis. Yes, it's available to you. My God, that's awesome, Eva. Awesome. So, guys, again, how do we get back to our first love? Number one, repent. Number two, listen and take heed to what God is saying when he speaks. Number three, don't fear the enemy. Have faith in God. Number four, flee from temptation. Number five, don't quit. And number six, be intentional and consistent in prayer, worship, and reading God's word. These are your tools to get back, get back into love, in love with God. Who is your first love? These are your tools. I pray that everybody was encouraged and uplifted tonight, that 
whatever it is that you need from God, that he has met you here this evening, that he has truly met you here, that you have found yourself in a place where like, my God, I I don't know how to get back. I, I want to get back, but I don't know how to get back. I don't know how to get back into alignment with you. I'll tell you for for certain, and I will start off with the prayer of rededication because it's talking about being in love and having first love of God, but you, at some point, you fell off. But this is the call of rededication. And if you found yourself in a place in a season where you can't you can't figure out how you fell out of love of God and and now that you know how do I get back? What do I do to get back in alignment with him? What do I do to get back under the grace of God? All you have to do is repent and ask Jesus to come back into your life with this simple prayer. If you're ready to come back home, if you're ready Jesus is waiting with open arms. Say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realized that I made a mistake of turning my back on you. I ask you, Jesus, that you forgive me for stepping out of the grace of God. I realize that I need you back into my life. And Jesus, I ask you to come back into my heart and be my Lord and Savior once again. I surrender my life to you. And I'm standing here saying that I'm not turning back, but I'm moving forward. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and giving me another chance to get it right. I thank you and I commit myself to serving you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer of rededication, Welcome back into the body of Christ. My God, welcome back. Heaven is rejoicing because you took the opportunity that was presented before you and say, Lord, I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what what it looks like. I know that I need you back in my life. And now you're back in the family of God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I encourage you to forgive yourself. Because what the enemy wants you to do is to be feel guilty for everything that you did prior to now. But the wonderful thing is about repentance is that when we ask God for forgiveness, God wipes the slate clean. He's already forgotten about it. So you need to choose to forget and move forward. Hallelujah. One last call. Call to salvation. For those of you that's been listening to this podcast and we've been talking about love and talking about how God is love. And you're like, how do I, how do I get, how do I get back? How do I even not get back? But how do I establish a relationship with God? The word of God says in John 14, 6, that, that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And then no man come up to the father, but by him. If you want a relationship with God, you must first accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. There's no other way to do it. But the wonderful thing is about salvation that it is free and it is available to you. I encourage you 
If you want to know what true love is, true love, it comes from God, who is love. It's available to you. So I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. And I need you, Jesus, in my life. I ask that you forgive me of every sin that I have done wrong. I am standing here saying that I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins, that you were buried and you rose so that I can have life eternally. Jesus, I ask that you renew my mind, that you make me whole. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have given me the chance to surrender to you so that I can serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome into the party of Christ. Hallelujah. Guess what? Today is your birthday. Why? Because the word of God says that, behold, you are a new creature. All of those things that those old things are behind you. Behold, all things are new before you. My God. To God be the glory. Nothing like when a new soul accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I encourage you to also find a church home. If you don't have a church home, I go to the River Church where we are located in Yaden, PA. My pastors are Pastor Charles and Dr. Tracy Lynn Williams. But if you do not live in the area, please inbox me on Instagram or on Facebook. And I will be happy to help you find a church home that is in your area because it's important that as a, a new um a new soul that has come to the body of Christ and also as one that rededicated their life. You need clear direction. You need fellowship. You need accountability partners as we were talking about tonight. So I love you guys so much. Please be encouraged, be uplifted. Please make sure, I want to make sure I put that up here. Please make sure that you follow I Am A Perfectly Perfect on all of our platforms. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at I Am underscore no, I am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated. And on Instagram, I underscore, um, underscore Imperfectly Perfect. And you can listen to us on all of our podcast platforms that is available. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and more is available. And this particular podcast will be available to you to listen to tomorrow. So be encouraged, be uplifted. I pray that you continue to have sweet sleep and that this message was so good to you that you will go back, listen to it and watch it. And please, whatever you do, share it because sharing is caring. That was so cheesy, but whatever. <laughs> All right, guys, I love you. Until next time on Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a good night.